Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. As uh, Nate had mentioned, we have his parents, Ray and Cindy Perry, from Mexico today. So they're going to be getting up and sharing, but before that, uh, we are going to be watching a video. So that was just a little snapshot of some of our funnest favorite moments from this past year. A little glimpse into our world in Mexico, and a couple of connections back here too. So it was spring of 2023, and we get the email saying, it's time to submit our two, five, and 10-year strategies and implementation plans. That sounds like death to me. (laughs) Now, Ray, he loves talking big ideas, vision casting, looking to the future, so he's pretty gung-ho, right? Me, well, I'm the detail-oriented, practical nuts and bolts girl, and honestly speaking, I usually spend most of these types of meetings feeling kind of overwhelmed, and that unique anxiety of trying to figure out if Everything everybody else is talking about is really practical or even possible. But, uh, you know, I'm the balloon popper, trying to keep everybody's feet on the ground. But it's part of the job, right? You can't really move forward if you don't dream and plan. So we meet as the Mexico Next Generation team with our teammates, Dan and Jenica Van Nessen, the four of us. We spend time talking about our mandate to develop leaders in the next generation. So how can we see Canadians and Mexicans grow, see their hearts align more with God's heart for the world, for the unreached, through our cross-cultural experiences? What's God leading us to? We pray, we write our strategies and our plans, and eventually we send them off. And then some interesting things began to happen. These strategies, these ideas that we felt God leading us to, began to present themselves to us as real possibilities not just in two years or five or ten years, but now. Internships with us is one of our strategies for five years from now. And yet, this may not be a formal internship, but God is showing us that Mexican young people that are eager for what we want to offer. This young man is in particular is becoming more and more convinced that God is calling him into missions. And he actually said, said, well, should I quit what I'm studying and go to seminary? I'm like, no, because he wants to be a human rights lawyer. And I'm like, you take that and let God launch you into what God wants to do, whether to Mexico or somewhere else in the world. Then the team from Beaver Lodge shows up arrives in Mexico to spend 10 days with us. And in the middle of a fabulous week of ministry and relationship building, we were suddenly having conversations about the possibility of a short-term team from Mexico going to Canada. This was something we've desired to see happen for a really long time, to see this cross-cultural experience uh, like this offer, sorry, see a, a cross-cultural experience like this happen for Mexicans that offers the opportunity for a unique kind of discipleship and development. We want to see both Canadian and Mexican youth have their eyes open to the possibilities and realities of ministry outside of their neighborhoods and to see them gain God's global heart. 
We want to see Canadian and Mexican churches learning from each other as equal citizens in the kingdom. It's one of the things that Mexicans struggle with, that they're not equal citizens, but we want to see this happen as equal citizens doing ministry together. We were thinking this could maybe be reality in two to five years from now. But once again, God surprises us. And we're now in the process of preparing a team from our church to come here to Beaver Lodge. It's so awesome. So we just want to thank you guys for partnering with us in this. We're really not exaggerating when we say that uh, receiving your team this past July in Mexico City was a highlight for our year. And not only because it was really cool to work with our son, Nate. <laughs> um, you can be proud of how well, well prepared your team was. They were so great. They worked hard. They engaged so well with the people, not only of Camino de Vida Church, but the community around it. They were willing to be vulnerable and serve wholeheartedly every single day that they were there. It was really, really awesome. Not only did they stretch and grow during the trip, but they impacted those in the church in like big ways, and we've been able to see the ongoing effects of that. So the church's desire to engage in a missional way with their community was always there, but during those 10 days, it was just boosted. It was just, it's spread. It's not just a small group of people in our church that are really have a heart for the community, but it's spread even more throughout the whole church. And now we're seeing them respond to God's call to reach beyond that. In spite of the fact that most of them have never traveled, some of them have never traveled outside of the city even, and they have very limited economic resources, and in many cases, their families are not believers and may even be against their Christian faith. In spite of all that, we now have eight young people and Pastor Jonathan who said they want to be a part of that short-term team to come to Beaver Lodge. This is huge. We were worried we wouldn't have enough to even make a team, and they're like maxing out the number we gave them. You guys are impacting lives through this partnership. That's because of your church here. And we're so excited to see how God's going to use this both in Mexico and here in Beaver Lodge. What's going to happen next summer? And this year as we prepare, we're super excited. God is at work in Mexico City. These are just two examples of how we've seen him working and how we've had the opportunity to join him. This is part of a bigger picture, though. It's not just about Mexico City and about Beaver Lodge. The face of global ministry is actually changing. Traditionally trained and sent Canadians and Americans are less and less likely to be able to go to places that have the least access to the gospel. And the next generation is less likely to take a traditional approach to global ministry. That's just the world we live in right now. So now is the time for us to partner with the next generation, both from Canada and from other countries like Mexico, and find new ways to work together as the body of Christ. And so you got to see a glimpse into what God's doing in our world through those photos. And we're excited about what's, what God's doing. And again, we want to say thank you so much for being a part of our team as you pray and, and as you get ready even to uh, receive a team next year. But I, but I want to bring it back to how is it that you can be fully involved in what we do? Uh, how can you be fully involved in God's heart uh, for the world. And especially for us, because our heart's in Mexico, how can you guys be involved in Mexico? 
For some of you, joining a short-term mission team is what you need to do. You need to consider, oh, next time Beaver Lodge is sending one, I'm in. Because as funny as it sounds, you might think, well, what can happen in 10 days? How does disciple-making actually happen in 10 days? Man, I wish we had time to tell you all the stories of how we've seen lives transformed, not only of Canadians, but of the Mexicans they've worked with. And this is just one example of our church in Mexico wanting to send a missions team. They've, they've moved from just being observers of things that happen to want to be full participants. And that was because you were involved and that transformed lives in 10 days. So some of you need to consider that next STM. Some of you need to consider, how can I be involved in getting ready for the, the team to come from Mexico? I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of different opportunities and different ways you can be involved. And start thinking now, God, what are you asking of me? What are you asking of me to be a, a part of something that is bigger than myself? Because we, we don't have no idea what God's going to do. But we trust this, that God is moving, that God is working, and that God will transform hearts. And so how might you be involved when the team comes next year? Some of you, especially young people, just put this out there, some of you need to consider an internship with us. Come spend eight months with us and wrestle and discern through what is God doing and stirring in your heart? How does God want, to see, want you to see his heart for the nations as you spend eight months with us in, in Mexico City? And if you want to know more about internships, come and talk to us after the service, and we would gladly give you what an overview of an internship looks like. And, and our internships are more experiential. Just hands-on, uh, let's, let's get our hands dirty and, and be part of ministry. And so if you're interested in that kind of thing, come see us. Another way to be involved continually is, is you know, we hate talking about this stuff, right? It's like dollars and cents. It's just... <laughs> well, good. Well, let's talk about that. You know, we, we are only in Mexico because people like you are generous. And people give to the Global Advance Fund. That allows us to live in Mexico City. That allows us to have a presence there. That allows us to walk and journey with the young people you saw on those screens and to influence kids and, and see them come to understand Jesus in a better way and then encourage those ministry leaders and walk alongside those ministry leaders. Because people give to the Global Advance Fund, we get to live there. It's awesome. And by the way, for those of you that are geographically challenged, we're not near the beach. <laughs> so we get that often. Oh, you guys are so tanned. Um, we don't live by the beach. We live in a mega city. But uh, the other side is the Ministry Partner Fund. Because people like you are generous and give to ministry partner funds, we get to do ministry, not just live in Mexico. We have the resources to, to travel, to be with ministry partners, to encourage them, to work alongside them, to have teams and interns with us, to have the resources we need to do ministry. And you know it takes resources to do that. And so some of you, maybe you need to consider or ask God, how do you want me to be involved financially? I don't know what that looks like. You need to ask Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will lead you. But here's a way that all of us collectively can be involved in what's going on in Mexico and around the world. And I want to encourage you to pray 
as Paul prayed in Ephesians. And I just want to walk through this really quickly with us. Uh, Ephesians 1. And pray the way Paul did. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. How, how can you pray that for us? How can you pray that for the world? Verses 15 and 16 talk about remembering and giving thanks. We'd ask you to remember us. Remember the, the pictures you saw. Remember the video you're going to see next and pray into those things that God would continue to expand his work in Mexico, that God would continue to expand his work in other places in the world. But specifically for Mexico, remember us. And remember us as we journey with the next generation. And we want to develop them and develop leadership in them. And, and our dream isn't just that those who come and spend time with us go into full-time international work. Our prayer is that everyone that comes and spends time with us would go back to their local church and have a different posture. The servants that every church is looking for because they understand God's heart for the person sitting next to them, the person who uh, is at the checkout, the person who's in the McDonald's drive-thru, and the person who is in the least reached areas of the, of the world. Pray for us that way, that God, would, that God would give us what we need for journeying with the next generation and developing them. And, and not only that, thank God for what he's doing. You've just heard a couple of snippets of what Beaver Lodge was involved with and this young man in our church. Give God great glory for that. God is moving. God is working. So take time to thank God for what he's doing in Mexico. You know, when, we, when I took teams out of our local churches when I was pastoring here in Canada, I always said, remember, we're not taking Jesus with us when we go. We're going to arrive and we're going to join what Jesus is already doing. God is working in Mexico. God is moving in Mexico. And take time to thank him for what he's doing there. In verse 17, it talks about giving, giving wisdom. And we, pray, we ask that you guys would pray that God would give us wisdom as we lead and work with Canadians and Mexicans and develop training pathways. We're working right now with our, with our other couple, Dan and Jenica, and how do we develop this internship even stronger? And how do we invite Mexican young people into all this? Uh, how do we train them and lead them so they have God's global heart, not only for their country of Mexico, but they're willing to go other places as well? So pray for wisdom for us. Pray that God would continue to reveal his plans to us. You know what? Pray that God would continue to surprise the pants off of us. We have these five, ten-year goals, and God's doing stuff. Now we're going, hey, we've got to catch up. Oh, man, how are we going to do this? And that's a great place to be, because then, you know what? It's not about us. It's all about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's all about what he wants to do. So pray that God would continue to reveal his plans to us, and that Mexicans would get to know Christ better and deeper through those things. Verses 18 and 19 talk about hope and inheritance. And so we'd ask that you would 
pray this way. Pray that, that those we lead, both the Canadians and Mexicans, would know the hope of Christ, would know the inheritance they receive in the kingdom of Christ, and that that wouldn't be something they'd want to hold to themselves, but that's something they would want to see burst forth in their neighborhoods, in their country, and globally. Pray that, that those in Mexico would understand that the inheritance they receive isn't just for themselves, but they receive an inheritance that allows them to, to be the person Jesus sees them, or God sees them as because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. And then through that, lastly, is pray that Mexicans would live in the power of the Holy Spirit. The last part of verse 19. I believe, and Cindy believes, that Mexicans have everything they need to make Jesus famous in their neighborhoods and famous globally. The Canadians and the Europeans and the people from the United States are not the leading forces of missions anymore, of international work. It's our Latin friends, <laughs> it's our Mexican friends. And so pray that they would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and be willing to be open to the way that God will surprise them, and the way God will lead them, and the way God will use them. You know, the neighborhood our church is in is a complicated neighborhood. But I love their heart that they say, Jesus is going to change this place. Pray that they would have that heart, not just for their neighborhood. Praying this way is significant. And we can all be a part of it together and collectively. And you may never, ever know how your prayers are answered. You may never hear the story of how the way you've prayed has made a difference. But we can have confidence together that because you prayed, God moves and works and transforms people. You're already seeing a little glimpse of how Beaver Lodge has been a part of transforming our church. We encourage you to continue to pray so that we'll, you, we continue to see lives transformed in Mexico. We want to leave you with our last video of a way that internship has started to transform lives of those that are involved. It was 2017 and we were arriving in the mountain village with our very first short-term team as the Envision site coordinators. We had an awesome week journeying with the team as we served together and got to know the people of San Pablito. Fast forward five and a half years to January of 2023 and we're now arriving at the Mexico City Airport to pick up our first Envision intern, Thane. She had been on that short-term team in 2017 and was now back to explore what God was calling her to next. Hello everyone, my name is Thane um, and I recently went on an Envision internship. Going on an internship can change the way that you think about how God is able to use you in the lives of others. Each intern would be connected to a family who desires to invest in a young person, to be a safe and encouraging place for them, as well as to boost their cultural and language learning by including the intern in their everyday lives and special events. 
Thane would be our test run, along with a special couple, Adrian and Alejandra, and their little daughter, Dani. Creo que algo bien hermoso fue que pudimos realmente ser familia con Thane. O sea, realmente verla como una hija, como una hermana, como, como de verdad atesorar su presencia en nuestra familia. A pesar del idioma, a pesar de las costumbres, a pesar de la distancia, a pesar de muchas cosas, poder ver cómo es cierto y es real que es una familia en Cristo. They welcomed me with beautiful, such beautiful hospitality, open arms, and it was such a testimony to the way that Jesus was receiving me with his open arms of love and kindness to accept me. Nosotros pasamos como mucho tiempo estudiando la escritura. Y pensábamos que eso se resumía a la vida cristiana, como entender la escritura, vivir lo mejor que podíamos acorde a, a la escritura y listo. Misiones era lo último que queríamos hacer y cuando tuvimos a nuestra hija fue ahora menos. Y a raíz de esto, y a raíz de ver a Thane y ver que venía sola, que estaba en otro país, que estaba joven y, y, y cómo el cuidado de Dios siempre estuvo con ella, para nosotros ha representado... Qué padre que mi hija pueda vivir eso y que si ella tuvo la, la, la fortuna de parte de Dios para nacer en una, en una familia cristiana y que ella vaya experimentando las misiones desde niña y entender esa apertura del evangelio y de ir a las naciones, ahora nos da ánimo, ahora quisiéramos que ella lo fuera, ahora me dan ganas de... Sí, hija, ve. Ha sido un cambio de mente para nosotros muy grande, un cambio que se originó en el corazón y ahora lo vemos como una necesidad, ahora lo vemos como parte de nuestra vida cristiana el hacer misiones y no como algo que hace alguien más y nosotros como que estamos bien en casa. What a privilege it has been to get to know them better through this process and to hear them talk about all that God has taught them through this time of caring for Thane. God did more than we asked or imagined. I love how you just paused up there on the screen. That's great. That's cool. Awesome. Well, I, okay, so I, I'm Greg Clark. <laughs> if you haven't seen me the last couple of weeks, I've been gone to Thailand. And uh, I'm, I'm excited that it worked out this way, that we had Ray and Cindy here today to share about what's happening in Mexico City. Because I was able to visit some of their partners who are all the way on the other side of the world doing some amazing things uh, in Thailand. So I'm going to tell you about um, my trip to Thailand. I'm going to briefly just explain this. But I want to show you, it's kind of a mission Sunday today, and I hope you're getting a heart for what God is doing around the world. I'm going to show you a quick video here about something God has been doing in South Asia, and traditionally that's the area that we call India and kind of north, some of the countries north of India. So we're going to watch this quick video, and then I'll come up and share a little bit more about my trip to Thailand. And just as you're hearing all these things, know that there's going to be a challenge that's coming for you guys to act on right now. So even as Ray and Cindy were sharing about how can you partner together with them, the video is going to share about some things that are happening in South Asia. I'm going to tell you about some stuff that's happening in Southeast Asia. And at the end of all this, there's going to be a challenge for you. So just be aware, a challenge is coming. But let's watch that video now. The Jaffrey Offering is an opportunity to partner with and highlight missions in places where Christ isn't yet known. We're raising $500,000 to support our international workers and partner with local organizations in South Asia to make Jesus known by raising up South Asian church planners to reach their communities with the gospel. The need for the gospel in South Asia is massive. 94% are considered unreached. 
That's over 1.7 billion people who haven't heard of Jesus or read a Bible or have never even met a Christian before. Now, 1.7 billion is a crazy number. It's incomprehensibly large. It's huge. If the average church plant was 35 people, we'd only need to plant 48.5 million churches to reach everyone. And that doesn't even account for population growth. If every single Canadian packed up everything and moved to South Asia to plant a church, there still wouldn't be enough churches to reach everyone with the gospel in South Asia. The population and the work is staggering. So here's the good news. God's already there. He's working. And we have South Asian partners who are already there doing incredible kingdom work. We aren't coming in with our own agenda, but we're coming alongside them and joining what God is already doing by helping them fund this great mission movement. Our local partners run training programs for South Asian leaders that equip them to plant faith communities. They've already planted 40,000 churches and they're on track to plant 100,000 by 2030. Each graduate, on an average year, plants a church every single year. And so until now, your gifts have enabled our partners to support and train 217 men and women to plant faith communities. And in five years, that's 1,085 new churches that didn't even exist before. Now, can you imagine? That's more than double the amount of aligned churches currently in Canada but many more churches are needed. And we believe in a God who multiplies meager fish and small loaves to feed everyone and still have leftovers. Will you join us in supporting our South Asian brothers and sisters, prayerfully and financially, to make Jesus known in South Asia through giving to the Jaffrey offering? You can visit our website to sign up and learn more. Okay, so amazing to see what God is doing. I don't know if you caught that, but God is already working through South Asian people to reach their neighbors. And what they're doing is they're training up thousands of pastors to go out all over South Asia to plant churches. It's just amazing what's happening there. And it's amazing that we get a chance to join with the South Asian church and with Jesus as he's on mission to reach the whole of that continent for the kingdom. I want to tell you uh, quickly about my trip to Thailand, and uh, I'm, it's going to be brief. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a video next week that we'll watch about my trip. I'm also writing up a report, so you'll be able to read more about what happened. But I want to tell you quickly about a friend that I made named Max. So we had this crazy long plane ride, and all together, I think we flew for about three years to get to Thailand. And and somehow we made that time up when we came back. So I don't know how it all worked. But we were on a 13-hour flight from L.A. to Taipei, Taiwan, which was part of our trip. And in the middle of the night, I got up to stretch my legs, and I walked to the back of the plane, and I met a guy there named Max. Now, something you need to know about Southeast Asia is in Southeast Asia, it's a beautiful country, beautiful people. It spans a large region, um, and uh, people go to that region for the sun and the sand and the beaches and, and just to experience wonderful holidays. Some people go for that. Sadly, a majority of the men that go to this whole region go there for very bad reasons. I'm not going to get into it because we've got children in the room, but it's, it's all about the trafficking of men and women um, in some very bad things. So there's a lot of men that come from, from Western countries to the southeast of Asia for very bad reasons. 
And while I was in the back of the plane stretching my leg, like I said, I ran in my friend Max, and he was on his way to the Philippines, and he was on his way to the Philippines for very bad reasons. And so as I'm talking to him, he was proudly telling me what he was heading there for. It was, it was a very interesting conversation. It started off just like right off at the front. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I go there every three months, and I have myself a little bit of a holiday, and it's wonderful, and it's great. And I'm, I was shocked. And he goes, what are you going to Thailand for? And I said, all right. I said, well, I'm a pastor, and uh, I'm going to Thailand to work with some of our, to see some of our workers in Thailand who are hoping to shut down the industry that you're talking about. And he said, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, well, it's, it's actually, it's one of the ways that the people support themselves. It's, uh, it's something they like to do. It's something they want to do. It's not a problem. We have these weird ideas in, in the West about, you know, all these prudish type of thoughts. It's not prudish. It, you just got to understand that these people enjoy this kind of thing, and they want to do this, and this is a fantastic way to, for them to earn a living. He actually saw himself as someone who was going around the world to help the world by putting money in places where people needed money. It was shocking. Max is created in the image of God. Max is someone who Jesus dearly loves, but he was incredibly deceived. And so I'm sitting there, and all my arguments with him are not getting any kind of fruit. There was no way of convincing him that what he was doing was not good. And then the Spirit nudged me in, in a direction, and I went, you know, Max, I have three daughters, and it would break my heart if any of my daughters had to go into the industry that you're describing. And Max looked at me and he said, I have a daughter also. And I said, Max, how would you feel if your daughter was forced into this kind of lifestyle? And he just stopped. He was a bigger guy and he was smiling and laughing and all this stuff, but he stopped at this moment. His face got very serious and he said, you've given me something to think about. And that was the end of our conversation. I, I am praying now for Max all the time that Max will have other encounters with followers of Jesus, that he will experience Jesus in a way that will stop him from moving into this kind of industry. And I also pray that he'd have a terrible time on his holiday. <laughs> but I want him to know Jesus because he is deceived. But there are many people that go to the southeast of Asia and they are deceived. Max's story is way too common for the southeast, and especially in the, the island of, or in the nation of Thailand. I connected with Tim and Nancy Moore there. Tim and Nancy work with an organization called For Freedom International, and this is all they do. They have kind of two different sides of things. They rescue people off the streets, and they try to prosecute those people that are actively um, creating this trafficking business. They try to prosecute the people that are running these businesses. And it's an amazing thing what they do. They, they bring people off the street. They've got a safe house for them. They've got a bakery slash coffee shop where they do some training in there. They have a salon where they do some training, which is wonderful, kind of retraining the people that are rescued. Um, they, uh, they also, it's just, you'll read in my report later, they employ some really amazing ways of moving the kingdom into their little space uh, in Phuket, which is where I was in Thailand. It's amazing what they did. So make sure you read the report next week because it's, it's amazing, the kind of secret, super secret spy stuff that they're doing there to help to shut down the trafficking business. Um, after a couple of days in Phuket, we went up to Chiang Mai, which is in the northern part. We met another couple of people. I can't tell you what their names are, but their G and C is how we'll refer to them. So G and C work in the northern part of Thailand, and they're working with a remote group of people 
who are unreached, there's 12 million of them, they're unreached, less than 1% of the people have heard the name of Jesus before. Uh, they're in a nation that is, they're being persecuted in their nation. They're closed off in this nation. There's no way to get to them. You can't get to the, through the borders unless you're like super secret spy getting in there. And so you can't reach these people. They're an unreached people group who are terribly difficult to reach. But there are some ways that G and, and C are moving into that country um, through digital. So there are some amazing things they're doing digitally to reach out there. They're having conversations every day with people about Jesus from this people group because everybody's got a cell phone now. 300,000 people last year from this people group connected with G and C and their group in northern Thailand to hear about Jesus Christ. In a nation that is unreached and where people are, are, have no chance of hearing the name of Jesus, 300,000 people last year from this people group heard the name of Jesus. It's amazing what's happening. So again, grab my report later on. You're going to see more about what's happening. I can tell you a little bit more um, if we don't put it out online. So I can tell you a little bit more that way. Uh, so it's just amazing to see how people are using non-typical means, just what Ray and Cindy were talking about, non-typical mission ways of being moving around the world. And God is on the move in wonderful, wonderful ways. So here's where the challenge comes. Here's where the challenge comes. I want to challenge you. So just like Ray and Cindy just talked about, you can get involved by going on a trip with us. You can get involved by connecting with Ray and Cindy. You can get involved by giving towards Global Advance Fund. You can get involved locally uh, in lots of different ways too. So I want to give you a way that you can get involved. But here's what you have to do first. Okay, if you've got your wallet on you, pull out your wallet. If you don't use your wallet for paying for things, pull out your phone. I want you to actually, so do this. Nobody's moving yet. Pull them out. Pull out your phone or your wallet and show it to me. Show me your phone. If, however you pay for stuff, pull it out. Okay? It's very personal. Yeah, we can talk about hell, but we can't talk about finances. That's a crazy thing. So pull it out. You got your... You got your come on. Okay. You even flash your purse at me. There you go. Good job, Margie. Okay? All right. So keep that in your hand. Don't put it away yet. Because I'm going to give you three ways to get involved financially with what's ha what God is doing around the world. So the first way is actually not really financial, but it's sort of financial. You are on mission. You all are on mission right now with Jesus. God is at work, not just in Thailand, not just in Mexico City. God's at work in Beaver Lodge, right? God's in work, at, in, work at, in Grand Prairie, in Hythe, in Elmworth. God is at work all around the nation, all around the world. So you need to be thinking, God, where are you at work right here, right now, where I can be on mission with you here? Is it through my neighborhood? Is it through my family? Is it through my work? Is it through my, my kids' school? How can I get involved with you, Jesus, in the work you're doing right here? So it's not as much financial, okay? But it is something that you're going to be giving generously to your neighborhood, friends, and family. Okay, so first thing is how can you be involved locally in the this, this, this circles that you're invested in that nobody else is invested in? So how can you get involved locally? So just be thinking that. So locally, through my own circles, how can I be connected? Second way, second way um, our church is significantly invested in this region, Signif significantly invested. Some of us are, like myself, full-time working here. We're drawing a wage from this. We're paying for the building. We're paying for things that we're doing locally. We are significantly invested here. We are connecting with community organizations. 
We've got people coming in the doors. We're going out of the doors. We're connecting with groups all over the place. There's stuff happening locally through our church that cannot happen unless you guys are backing us financially, unless you guys are backing us with your volunteer hours, unless you guys are backing us with prayer. We can't keep on doing the things that we're doing unless you guys are partnered together with us as we partner together with God to see this region reached for Jesus Christ. So this is a way that you can do it. You can be giving financially, you can be giving of your time, you can be giving of your resources to the work that's being done right here locally through our church. So that's the second way. The third way you can, you can, uh, you can be involved is that you can be generous in your giving towards mission work. So you guys saw the Jaffrey offering video that's on there. I'd encourage you, if you feel led to give towards the Jaffrey offering, you can go on your phone, you can go on and give on our church app. You can give financially. We've got offering boxes at the back. You can grab one of those. There's a little card envelope at the back. You can grab it, stuff some cash in there. If you need like three or four envelopes because you got so much cash and stuff in there, that's okay. And just write on there the Jaffrey offering. You can also give to the Global Advance Fund, which funds people like Ray and Cindy, Tim and Nancy in Thailand, GNC in Northern Thailand. It funds them to be out there in the world. So you can give towards the Global Advance Fund. Our church last year gave over $30,000 to the Global Advance Fund. We want to keep on doing that. We want to keep on giving and giving and giving, okay? So you can give to the Global Advance Fund. You can give, be a part of that $500,000 that's being raised by the Jaffrey Group. Or you can even give, tell me again, the Ministry Partner Funds, is that what it's called? So you can talk to Ray and Cindy about how you can give to them directly through the Ministry Partner Funds to fund the ministries that they're involved with in Mexico City, okay? So these are three different ways. You can, you can be generous in your own circle. You can be generous through the church. And you can be generous to missions around the world. Those are the three ways that I encourage you to consider today how you can be generous. Now, this is Thanksgiving Sunday. This is a day to give thanks. One of the greatest ways that we can give thanks is by saying, God, thank you for what you've given to me. I'm going to reinvest that in what you're doing in this world. It's one of the greatest ways we can do that. So I hope you still have your wallets and your phones out. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to actually take cash out of it. I, I love the best, the best giving example or illustration I was ever given was I remember at Bible school, uh, the, the guy that was giving this, this um, invitation to giving said, reach into your neighbor's pocket and pull out their wallet and pull as much cash out as you feel God is leading you to give. So I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm not going to ask you to do this in front of anybody. But before you leave today, Okay, during this next song, I invite the worship team to come on up. During this closing song, I want you to, to listen to what Jesus is saying to you and just ask the question, Jesus, how would you like me to give and how much? How would you like me to give and how much? Okay, now, do you want me to give? Because he does. Maybe it's a dollar. Maybe it's a hundred dollars. I don't know. But God wants you to be generous. So how do you want me to give and how much? So be asking that question as we're singing this closing song. You might have to sing and listen and talk and all this stuff at the same time, but just enter in to listening to Jesus, to what, we, where, what he would like you to give, where he'd like you to give it, and what he'd like you to give. And then I'm going to come back up. We're going to have a chance to pray for Ray and Cindy. I'm going to ask them. I've asked them to pray a blessing over us as well. So we'll close off our time with that, but just be listening to Jesus as we enter into this last song. So if you're able to stand, stand with us and join in with us.
So if this is your first time hearing me talk about finances, just know that God is on the move and it is so important. I think it is so important for us to be using our resources towards the kingdom that I will talk about finances all the time, all the time. So we can be putting our, what we have, what we've been gifted with towards the growing of the kingdom. Well, I want you to invite Ray and Cindy to come on up here. So I'm gonna have, we're going to pray a blessing over the two of them. And Ray's going to pray a, pray a blessing over us in Spanish, which is going to be awesome. There's not going to be any translation, so you're just going to have to trust that he's speaking from God, okay? <laughs> it's just, that'll be how it is, okay? So if you just join me, if you put your hands out towards these guys, why don't you stand right up here? All right, and we're just going to pray a blessing over them. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for Ray and Cindy. And Lord, I just pray your greatest blessings over them, that you would move powerfully in them and through them. God, with the things that you've placed in their heart, we know you've placed them there. And they're God dreams. They're God-sized dreams and God-sized hopes for Mexico City and for the world. And so, Lord, we know that you are already at work doing the things that you've called them to. So help to open their eyes and their ears, their hearts and their minds to what you're doing and bless them abundantly. Lord, the two of them together, let their marriage flourish. Let them be united together as they've never been united together before. Lord, help them to be strong together in you, Jesus Christ. Fill them afresh by your Spirit that you would move in them and through them and for them. And God, we just thank you for the Mexican church. We thank you for what you're doing there, how we get to see your kingdom being established there. We get to be a part of that. We just love it. And so God, we bless Ray and Cindy in their ministry, that you would raise them up, strengthen them, encourage them, and continue to use them for many years to come. We bless your holy name, Jesus Christ, and we pray that all this would be done in and through your power and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Ray, would you pray for us and bless us in Spanish? Absolutely. Amado Padre, gracias por este día. Gracias por la iglesia Beaver Lodge. Gracias por la gente aquí. Dios te pido que tu guíela, tu cuídela, tu bendecila, y para usarla, para darte gloria y su honra, y para restaurar la gente aquí en la comunidad de Beaver Lodge y en otras partes de Alberta, de Canadá y el mundo. Gracias por tu presencia. Gracias por tu poder en nuestras vidas. Y darles todo lo que ellos necesitan para hacer tu nombre famoso aquí en el mundo. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Awesome. Thank you guys all uh, for being here. So these guys, Ray and Cindy, are going to stick around. You guys have cards or an email address or something for people to connect with you, hey? Sure. sure. All right. So if you want to connect with them, make sure you chat with them. They're going to stick around for a while. I hope your turkeys are fantastic today. Blessings on you. May you have a great Thanksgiving. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.